Welcome to the Podcasters Podcast, the show for podcasters by podcasters. In this show, I'm going to be giving you the tips, tricks, and anything else you need to get your podcast launched and keep it moving past the pod fade and into the stratosphere. Here we go. Hey everybody, Wayne, 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 Nathan Eckel from Be The Talk. And so I have listened to one of your shows. I was trying to prep, but you joined up a little bit last minute for me. Um, so normally I try to give a, a good amount of listens, but um, Nathan's uh, show, uh, you have conversations with TED Talk speakers and it sounds like other talk speakers as well and kind of talk to them about how they're getting involved, um, what's going on there. So tell everybody a little bit about your show and then we'll kind of dive right in. Yeah, well, thanks, Wayne, uh, for bringing me on the show. And uh, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, I am the uh, host and founder of Be The Talk. We're at bethetalk.com. And it is a seven-day-a-week business podcast where I interview other speakers. And I call it uh, I call it branded talks because, frankly, I don't own the TED uh, brand. That is not my brand. And there are other branded talks out there such as uh, Q Ideas and Q Talks and Idea City and Aspen Ideas Institute. There are a whole bunch of other uh, types of branded talks that have a special kind of format that are very exclusive that people really want to go behind the scenes of that talk. And so that's the, the idea. Um, about a year ago, I had a bucket list item. I wanted to give my own TEDx talk and I was selected at the uh, about the midpoint of the year after a few months of, of just uh, throwing out some applications. And I uh, closed out TEDx Harrisburg with my talk, which is called Armed with Empathy, Manage Problems, Lead People. And so I came away from that as uh, not just an aspiring podcast host, but a, <laughs> uh, an actual uh, TEDx alumni myself. Uh, I was also... Um, had a lot of experience uh, at a local chapter of a, of a TED uh, organization for some time. And so I had a lot of behind-the-scenes um, uh, awareness and experience and then went and gave my first talk myself and enjoyed it so much. But the average speaker gives about 40 to 50 hours of prep time for their TED or their TEDx or their branded talk. Right. And there was nobody going behind the scenes of that talk. So I wanted to create a real archive and a resource so that any listener out there, any professional that didn't know where to turn, didn't really want to hire a coach right out of the gate, uh, could actually learn the tips, tools, and techniques so that they could give the talk to change the world also. Right. Now that's, that's actually really fascinating. So I, um, so I listened to your latest episode, I think it was 65 or 67, I believe you were talking with a gentleman, um, that is, um, blind and mm -hmm. also in the special Olympics. So that's um, Kevin Broussard. He's going to be crushing it in judo in the uh, Tokyo 2020 Paralympic games. 
Wow. Yeah. And that, that was a fascinating episode. His story is so compelling. And, you know, the way that you were able to hold the conversation and keep things moving with him was um, was just very well done. Um, and I really appreciate the the kind of detail that you're putting into the show and really kind of digging into that. Um, and I'm or actually, I'm just really fascinated with the topic because I've never had to really look into doing a TED Talk or a branded talk, um, but I have interest in it, which is oddly enough, I'm one of the few people that are not deathly afraid of um, <laughs> talking in front of people. Um, so, but it's just, a, it's one of those things where I've just never bothered to kind of dig super, super into it. But um, looking at what your show is doing so far, uh, it seems amazing. And it sounds like you definitely have some avenues that people could take advantage of to, to figure out more about that platform. Well, sure. Um, I mean, there, there are just a lot of uh, easy ways to start. The, the easiest way is you, uh, if you want to, if you want to go after the uh, the talk that has the lion's share, it's the gorilla in the room. It's Ted, because right. there are a hundred thousand of us alumni walking around, uh, <laughs> mainly of TEDx, which is a localized uh, expression um, where uh, a lot of people don't know this, uh, Wayne, but uh, but you could actually apply for your own license to run your own TEDx event. <laughs> and, um, and, and there are some uh, guidelines to that, obviously, but you can literally uh, go to your local library, um, apply uh, and do it as a library license and mostly show films, uh, to my knowledge and the research that I did, and then start incorporating some live speakers. Wow. So I, okay. I, that was one of the things that I thought was just really interesting. You don't just have to be a, a speaker, but you could actually be a curator and an organizer. But it's all thanks to Chris Anderson and his great platform, not just in New York City of TED proper, but they've right. localized it with that X on the end. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you've got all of these 100,000 talks out on YouTube, and you've got ways and means that you can actually organize your own event. Or I would recommend find a local person who's already doing that because they need a lot of help and volunteer and help them and serve them and do whatever you can. And then you get to meet some great people behind the scenes. Yeah, for sure. And this, uh, it's just an excellent resource too, because what I'm, what I'm really kind of seeing at this point now, especially with the, um, audience that I'm trying to push for this podcast, it's really to help people kind of get into podcasting. And what's happening is we're seeing a lot of entrepreneurial space where it's business people, coaches, life coaches, et cetera, um, sometimes book authors and sometimes speakers that are now trying to learn how do they add podcasting to their marketing funnels and bring awareness to their current brand. And some of those people will be looking for things like what your show provides, which is awesome. Um, so that's, that's really cool. Um, so let me, uh, um, so let's jump back with this. So I think you are now 60 something episodes in and that's daily, which means you started February 1st. Um, so doing a seven day a week podcast, it's, um, that's kind of intense. Uh, so I know a few people that do that. Um, so how are you, well, let's go all the way back. How did you get started? What brought you to this idea? And since you just launched literally two months ago, kind of like what kind of put all of those um, pieces in order and what kind of you got you moving forward? Sure. Well, I have uh, some really awesome friends. And, and part of that is because like you, I get great mentorship. I invest in programs. I, uh, I have a great support team around me and most recently found an audio engineer to take that piece off my plate, which is just a huge uh, benefit. It's the very same services, Wayne, that you're providing for your clients. I mean, right. I just can't say enough. Uh, folks, if you want to 
uh, be able to archive your own voice and get your voice out there and, and be able to really brand yourself. And you might be a professional or uh, you, you may be a, a TEDx alumni or you may be whatever that you are, but it's so important to find great people like Wayne who are going to do that, <laughs> that grunt work. Because I could tell you after, uh, you know, 65, 66 episodes, and I have uh, just this week, I've lined up my 100th episode, and that's, that's, that interview will be happening, I think, in the next two weeks. So I've, I've got all of this, and then I'm lining up even more. It's a, it's a never-ending uh, system. So what, what happens, Wayne, is, uh, as you know, you're playing defense, which is catch-up and production on the one hand, and then on the other hand, you're playing offense because uh, although some people know about my talk, I'm, I'm in full on promo mode because, right. uh, you know, when when our friend and mentor John Lee Dumas started revolution, he broke the sound barrier seven days a week, six years ago. Nobody had ever heard of that before. But now, six years later, it's it's not uh, as rare of a thing at all. It's ambitious. It's just as difficult as it was, but it's not as rare. So, yeah. um, it, you know, that's even more uh, the reason why you need people to handle the production as well as the promotion so that you can get the word out. So anyway, that's that, that's me inching backwards. I'll just start at the beginning. Uh, at the Really at the end of last year, some things had shifted around for me. And I had realized, I mean, I, I know that it's it's really a good thing. It's a good character thing to uh, be, you know, really doing what, what you're doing, Wayne, serving other people, building their brand. But I realized after some years of me doing that and mm -hmm. doing content for other people, it's really time for me to start uh, building a body of work over time that would really, uh, you know, slow and steady, uh, really validate what I want to do for people, which is, you know, just like you, promote people. And I started realizing that if I didn't have uh, a whole lot of my own to fall back on, then people would, would keep asking the question, but what do you do? And why is, why does right. that make sense? And why, why are you exceptional at it? So a, a lot of things came together, uh, certainly not just speaking at TEDx Harrisburg, but uh, uh, surprise to me, I found out about two weeks before uh, go live uh, speaking date that I was actually going to be wrapping the entire thing on. So that they had me for, uh, for the anchor leg, and I was going to be going after a author who had sold 2 million books. Wow. In really, about 20 years ago, the guy sold 2 million books and then had gotten even bigger and bigger after that. And then, uh, and then after him was the uh, former deputy CIO of the Department of Agriculture. And then it was me <laughs> <laughs> wrapping the whole thing up. And I'm thinking, you know, I, I, think, a heck I, of a lineup. Author, I think I put the author of the 2 million books at the end, but that, I mean, that, that just kind of put the fire on a little bit more for me. And because I have a performance background, I just rose to the challenge. It was great. So all of those things came together and I started really thinking, I think a podcast is the way to go. And then it's like, you have to find, you know, you have to get some people lined up. You have to get some interviews. And, uh, uh, one thing that I should have done sooner was investing in, in the podcasting, um, uh, premium group that both of us uh, uh, were able to meet in. And that, right. that showed me a lot of the mechanics of, of how to scale some of these things out. And I followed the advice that I found there and, and interviewed about 40 people and then launched on February the 1st. 
And wow. okay. I have held to that every single day. And uh, it's been wonderful to know, you know, how you can, um, you know, what, what you know about how you can preload some of these things and schedule it. And mm-hmm. so it becomes a, a game of, of, you know, reaching out to a lot of people, uh, respecting their time, uh, and then lining up some really good interviews and also um, respecting the audience, which is even harder than <laughs> respecting the, the person in front of you because it's, it's about acknowledging that third party of the audience that's, that's also very much present in these interviews. Right. No, and that's exactly it. And that's, that's moreover, that's who this is for, really. I mean, this, this conversation, really yeah, I mean, this conversation is going to be for you guys. Yeah, there you go. It's, you know, it's, it's exactly for all of you listeners that don't yet exist, but you will be there eventually. <laughs> well, you're here right now. Uh, right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so no, that's, um, no, it's, that is exactly it because we want to make sure that, you know, this message that's going out, we're trying to help give people the tools and the resources they need to start moving forward, help give them that inspiration to just take that step and just kind of take the action. And that's really what it's about. I mean, you can have the idea for the greatest thing in the world, but if you're not actually doing the movements and, and taking those steps, it's never going to really come to fruition at that point. Well, absolutely. So I, I've just got to uh, thank uh, the, the good people over at uh, TEDx Charleston, my friend Lefford Fate, who <laughs> was episode and is episode 001. He is an Air Force chief. He is a, uh, a leadership friend of mine that I, that I know from a leadership organization that we're a part of. And he, uh, he you know, it, it's all about changing the world with your talk. And he actually changed the world uh, in his little corner of the world in the state of South Carolina. Laws were changed because of the TEDx talk that he gave that at this point I think is, is about 500,000 views. Wow. Laws in the state of South Carolina regarding incarceration and mental illness were changed for the better in a more humane direction because of that individual. And I can't uh, say enough good things about him because then he introduced me to a lot of other TEDx Charleston people right. uh, that I heavily leaned on disproportionately. So <laughs> for those, if you look at the first uh, 10 or 15 episodes, probably half of them were from TEDx Charleston. And, and some of those were uh, many, most of them were so high a caliber that, that a lot of other people just jumped, jumped right on board because they, they, it really validated me as an interviewer, not just for other people, not just for them, Wayne, right. but also for myself. I came away from that saying, hey, these are some good interviews. Well, hey, it's, it's, that's all really good. And it's about that practice. And it's, it's awesome that you actually were able to make that connection and kind of get moving with that because it's really what it's going to be about is those relationships. And, you know, clearly we can see the appreciation that you have and, um, you know, kind of moving forward with that and getting in with that group. Um, yeah, it would validate it, especially if you're sincere and people can see that you're not just trying to take advantage and, you know, just trying to be selfish with it and really kind of give back to it. And it's actually super, super impressive that he was actually able to move laws. I am currently scrolling through finding that episode <laughs> to put it on something to uh to go ahead and download and listen to at a later point so because uh, i do make it a point to make sure that i am listening to the shows of the people that i'm talking to um and i might not continue to listen to everything but so far um my first interviewer plus you are both in fields that i have some kind of interest in um so it's really cool i had spoke to um his name is uh, cal from what was it 
cow.net or cow working, working cows. That's it. <laughs> working cows. <laughs> working cows. Um, so he, um, he actually um, is interviewing people trying to change platforms with the cattle industry. Um, and it's the same kind of thing. You can, you can just see, um, you know, it's, it's interesting with the farming culture and where he's at and how he's trying to move things. And some of these things are coming up where they're introducing laws or, you know, dealing with stuff within the USDA, all types of other things like that. And you can just see the, the, the passion and empathy that he has as well. And I can see it with you with this subject and kind of moving forward with it. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate, and I love uh, the people that I interview and I also really appreciate people that uh, gave me a, a chance to be on the other side of the the mic like you, Wayne. You're only the second per- such person to do that, and especially if you don't take the interview rogue and ask me weird <laughs> questions that I'm not expecting. I, I already told you That's, it's not that happened happen. the other time, and I'm glad it hasn't happened on this one. And, uh, right. And I, I just think uh, there, there are all kinds of uh, great things that we learn. I, I'm sure you'd agree with this, uh, Wayne. I mean, for everyone listening, uh, start interviewing people. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, take Wayne up on this stuff. Start some kind of podcast, interview your colleagues in your field, you know, contribute to the body of work, contribute to niching your expertise down. It's only going to make everybody look even more helpful to one another. And, and there is this issue with, uh, there's, there's a kind of vulnerability that I found when, uh, with myself, when I'm interviewing other people, as well as my desire not to uh, run roughshod over the other person without knowing it. Right. Uh, while at the same time wanting to really dig into whatever interesting ideas and questions there are in the moment to appropriately explore. So that it's a balancing act and it's, it's very nuanced. And uh, I, I just love uh, learning uh, as I go along. I'm sure you feel the same way, Wayne. Yeah, no, it's, and it's a, it's a skill that you have to kind of learn over time and work on. I mean, no one begins being a great interviewer. Um, I happen to be having some better conversations now just starting this podcast because I had a podcast back in 2015, and that lasted probably a good like 30, 40 episodes. Um, and so I got over the whole, oh, let me read the script. Let me, I'm asking you these exact questions and feeling like a robot and then not knowing what to do. And ironically enough, I'm, I was just thinking about that in my head. I've decided with this one to kind of, not wing it like we have a path but I don't have a script I don't have a guide in front of me and I might have to at least have like bullet notes of things like hey make sure you ask at least these things (laughs) um so because then you'll start to see me start to make things up as I'm going along and thinking, but <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure that we keep on focus. And, you know, that way we uh, can be respectful of everybody's time, yours, mine, and the audience's too. So I'm looking at your setup. So speaking about equipment and um, you have a pretty fancy rig there. It looks like you have the Heil or 40 microphone, which is uh, I do top of the line guys. Um, and then you actually have advertisement for your show. So I'm guessing you do video um, based off of the background and everything else. Um, so tell me a little bit, like what kind of went into the, um, the hardware purchases because you actually have some more of the higher end equipment, uh, which is not necessarily cost preventative for people, but it's not necessarily, Hey, you have to go get this in order to get a podcast, but oh, absolutely. Why did, yeah, why did you choose yeah. this equipment compared to anything else? Or did you start with something cheaper in the yeah, movie? Wayne, I, I, I built my, my way up. So, uh, you know, I, I had, uh, started this, I think with a $40 Xenix mixer, and uh, a similar mic to what you had right now. And I had sprung for some equipment years and years ago in, in another person's program and, uh, and really, frankly, never used it just because this idea of the interview-based uh, podcast did not really compel me at the time. So I just, I, 
you know, uh, it, it can it can all start. Uh, I think our friend uh, Kate Erickson, who is uh, the the better half of uh, John Lee Dumas <laughs> of the uh, of the Seven Day a Week uh, uh, Business Podcast, Entrepreneur on Fire, um, who who's someone who who is really revered in the industry. I mean, she just uses a thirty or forty dollar microphone, plugs it right into her laptop, and and that's all she needs. And and a right. lot of the stuff can be filtered in post-production through these these wonderful services that I found out. So mm-hmm. I'm just learning as I go. Um, one thing that you can't see over here that, that is kind <laughs> of a secret sauce for me that I had picked up and then never used is a Behringer, what is it? Uh, H- ah, the MDX 4600, it's a limiter gate. And okay. so what that means is that every, all the buzzing and hissing below a certain frequency, um, you don't hear it except when I'm talking a little bit. But when I'm silent, it goes silent like I'm in a photo or like a radio booth or something. Right. So uh, those, are, those are wonderful because you have that wonderful professional uh, veneer <laughs> in addition to uh, whatever whatever your voice brings to the table, and it really goes a long way. And for a long time, actually, uh, the mixer, the forty dollar mixer I had, it did not it did not have compatibility with that. So when I upgraded to a you know really just a hundred hundred and twenty dollar mixer, mm-hmm. uh, it did have the proper jacks, and I got it to work. And then I you know had a, saw a deal <laughs> for this mic and the pop filter and all of that. Right. Uh, you know, rewarded myself at episode number 50 or wherever it was. <laughs> I really only had this for the last two weeks, this mic, but the, uh, the impact that it has, I think similar to, to what you're doing when mm-hmm. I bring people on the show and they're able to join me via Skype or zoom in a visual format, instead of me calling them on their cell, right. like I have to do for many people when they actually see this as well as some of the branding and then the canvases behind me, uh, it really makes them feel special. And that's really why I do it. I want to elevate their experience. And, and I find that it makes for a better interview. Yeah, no, for sure. And actually, it's a it's an interesting learning experience for me because I'm seeing the the backboard behind you that has all the branding for your show. Um, and if you are looking behind me, I don't know if I'm going to release the videos or not, but you can see Van Halen and yep. Led Zeppelin and all yep. the, the rock concerts and part of my lamp. I know I can see it in the video. I see the um, lamp. Yes. So it's and not exactly. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> this is not exactly video production quality, but I'm, I'm more interested in the audio for anything. But yeah, well, um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I do not I actually do not do a video podcast. So I just released the audio. This is a this little is all ambiance. This is theater. This is theater. This is uh, uh, and, and uh, actually something that I may do in the future. Uh, and I may switch to Zoom, um, but uh, I, I'm probably going to daisy chain the, the Zoom up to Facebook Live and begin broadcasting and streaming live. To right. Be able to impact even more people and then kind of actually to uh, leave them hanging and a little bit frustrated when the episode doesn't go live for another 30 days <laughs> after the live stream. I just I mean, that seems like an easy way to to really bring people in and promote and then bring them back to the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Actually, that's part of the uh, the world domination plans that I have. Um, I have yeah. a couple of of of. Whoa, there it goes. My microphone disconnected for a second and then just came back. (laughs) 
So, all right. So no, so part of that uh, world domination plan, I own podcasters.live and oh. podcaster.store. And this is the podcasters podcast. So you can start to see where all the things yeah. are kind of moving. Now, if you go to yeah. those URLs, they don't do anything yet, but eventually the idea, there's a couple of shows that I um, used to watch. There's one that's on the outdoor sports channel, which is online. Um, Cause uh, my previous podcast was all barbecue competition related. So there are other <laughs> barbecue podcasts. <laughs> okay. Um, and one of which is a gentleman by the name of Greg Rampy has the um the barbecue uh was it barbecue central show um and he's on that and he does a live performance so every Tuesday night he pops on he's there from you know nine to eleven and has his guests and he runs it just like a radio program like if you've ever actually seen like how um people like um Corolla or um you know Howard Stern or something like that like how they used to do that um it runs just like that but then the next day is the audio processing release of the podcast itself and so I've always really enjoyed that format because there was like six or seven other people and it's almost like a network and so so that will eventually be the thing. Who knows? It'll maybe be the podcasters podcast network of all these conglomerate shows and way in the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations for being so forward thinking. And, and I mean, some of those domains, when they're, when they're gone, they're gone. Right. <laughs> uh, and then you can maybe bid on them to get them back. I don't want to ever be in that position. Because, uh, yeah, no, I'm just going to keep buying them. I have them on auto rotation. So, <laughs> um, all right. So let me ask this from some of the, some, the platform stuff that you're speaking. So you're doing seven days a week um, and you just started, you know, two months ago. Yeah. Um, you know, how are, and actually you mentioned with the, you have something doing your um, post-production, which is awesome. Um, yeah. And actually mention them, please. Um, so I know that I offer a similar service, but I am not one to um, be competitive in that manner. I, I have the same kind of philosophy that you hear John and some of the other people uh, mentioned it's basically all ships you know rise in a, in a rising tide yeah. um, my last guest talked about his uh, his person as well and I have no reason to really be in competition with that because there's so many people that want a podcast there's mm -hmm. no way I'd be able to even take everybody for myself even if I was greedy like greedy like greedy going on there we go sorry about that um i would I, ah, it popped out of my ear that's why um so no i would rather have um just people have the awareness and see that there's options that are out there there's people that are doing the same things um and you know you can go ahead and, and look for this if you want or do it yourself it's kind of however you want to do it and you know it, it can be technically daunting so um so yeah so talk a little bit about him yeah. kind of the, the process of what you're working through and where's next steps for you like what do you think the next level is going to be for your show well sure uh, and uh yeah, I, I, like uh, like Wayne says, you you really need to build a team around you, but you also really need to start off doing the stuff yourself. Unless you are almost independently wealthy or a CEO of a you know publicly traded company or something like that, you probably need to start cutting your own uh, edits just so that you know how to manage the workflow and to direct someone else. So basically, I I just um, uh, I, I have always used uh, people around me. I, I go on um, uh, on some websites that allow me to remotely find um, virtual assistants and then hand off the work to them. And, is this stuff like uh, Fiverr and, and well, Fiverr like that, Fiverr is a tough one because when you're dealing in uh, in Lincoln's and five dollar bills. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, the, I find the quality you, might yeah, not necessarily yeah, be yeah, there. You yeah, what you you pay for. So I've, uh, yeah, there there are other kinds of uh, websites that are out there that really, um, if if you've done uh, tried your hand at this, and this is kind of Tim Ferriss four hour work week types of uh, websites that are recommended on there. 
I, I have uh, done book projects. I have done CD projects. I have done all of these things. And so I'm fairly used to um, onboarding people, testing them out, replacing them if I need to. Right. But uh, I just really uh, lucked out one day because it, uh, it was maybe two or three weeks ago. And I thought, oh, it'd be so great if I could just, you know, find a remote worker who would just, you know, why don't I just look? <laughs> right. And there no, they sure. were. And, uh, you know, I, she loves listening to these uh, TEDx talks to begin with. And now I'm just funneling all these things to her. And I've even got, given her um, a little bit more of a hand in helping me um, understand some of the themes and reminding me of some of the themes of the show and even starting to build out some basic show notes. Right. That, that really is the next level for me. I mean, it's a little embarrassing at this point. I'm almost, almost 80 um, interviews in uh, published at this point. And when you go to my site, you see I've just got names and I have not leveraged the, uh, the mental uh, gear to actually do the copywriting justice. To, to real, So you have a bunch of names, and if you don't know those people, which you're not going to know, I'm the only one that knows those people. You really need to, to have something a little bit more of a hook, something more subject and topical related. And, uh, and I, I, you know, that's, that's the next level for me. So one day right. I actually went down and I dictated a walk around the block and I, I have my little list of, uh, all of the, the people that I interviewed. And then I just <laughs> remembered the main thing and I just blurted out a phrase for each one of them. And now I'm going to just start with that and upgrade it from there. Um, one, one little tech tip tool. I can't say enough for, um, uh, the simple podcast player, which is a podcasting player that you can just insert into your WordPress uh, or other website. And this thing has time-stamped hyperlinks within the episode. So you could be listening to an episode, see the show notes right there, see little hyperlinks within that episode that are time-stamped, and you can just click on that thing and it will put you right there to the sentence. And it probably is great for SEO, I would imagine, be great for loyalty. That's another thing that I have not, you know, uh, I've been so focused on staying ahead of the seven day a week uh, hamster wheel. <laughs> that I have not <laughs> optimized sense. what I have uh, produced. And when I do that, uh, I think the next thing that I'll do is pair these things up. I'll probably tag them because there are there are uh, like a fine wine and cheese pairing. There are many of these talks that are similar subjects. They go together very, very well, right. starting to refer to them within the recording a little bit more uh, and just having a little bit more, um, uh, not, not mastery, but, uh, but, but just ownership of what I've already done, my body of work that's already out there way. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's refining the systems is really what it is. I mean, you're, yeah. you're defining the system, you're trying to figure out and get your hands around everything, seeing like, okay, now the flood has come in. How do I handle this? What do I do? And then start kind of making it a little bit easier for yourself and kind of, you know, just upping that efficiency a little bit each time. So no, yeah. for sure. It totally makes sense. Um, so, all right. So this is going strong. You, um, you know, you said you have about 80 published in, you're getting ready for episode 100. 
100, which for most people is a huge landmark. And for you, eh, it's three months in. Not really. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, my, mile, mile uh, water break on the 5K, I guess. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, it's, it's just a drop in the pond from there. So, um, so how do you um, foresee this kind of moving forward? Are you planning on, so you said you did um, a talk as well. Do you plan on continuing to talk? Are you looking to potentially grow into courses and other things to kind of help people get more into talks and learn about that? Um, you know, are you looking at leveraging this for a potential book, sort of like the Talk Like Ted type of book that's out there? Like, where are you seeing your platform starting to move? Sure. Well, and that's another area of uh, growth for me is really, I think, uh, with 100 right around the corner, I think it's really time for me to spend a uh, special bonus episode asking my listeners, hey, come out of the woodwork. Let me know what you want in terms of a free download or an opt-in. Let me know how I can help you get on the stage so that you can give the talk to change the world. And I think that there's going to be a, some kind of a roadmap or a, a talk uh, path. Uh, I think the real hurdle for, for most people who are not prominent enough to be invited to give a TEDx talk. Some are invited. Most of us have to apply. And I had to apply <laughs> and then I had to apply and I had to apply. And through that, I learned a very, very simple method uh, that takes a little bit of persistence, a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of thick skin sometimes, but it got me on the stage and it gets other people on the stage too. So I think that's a area of growth. I, I'm really uh, fascinated, uh, Wayne, with just this idea of the interview. What, right. what happens when, when you do me the honor, as you did today, of saying, hey, would, here's, here's a link. Would you come on my show? I'm interviewing some people. And it gives me an opportunity to be interviewed instead of interviewing other people. Mm-hmm. And there's just a real expert positioning for, for everyone right. that you get as a result of just the interview process. And I just I think that is going to be a new frontier for forward-thinking people like you. Uh, I I just think that there is so much need of uh, legitimate promotion. Uh, Mm -hmm. I call it the Larry King effect, uh, (laughs) Wayne, because if you do it yourself, if you're like, my podcast is number one, then I call that kind of with no necessarily disrespect to the office of our president, but I call that the (laughs) Trump effect because, you know, that's kind of the the main person who is kind of self-promotional in many people's minds. And many people don't want to be perceived that way. And even fewer people can pull that off as successfully as as Trump has. But I I don't like promoting myself. I would imagine you don't like promoting yourself. And so when we bring other people on and cross promote and really do them the honor of listening to them and posture and position themselves in that expert space to be listened to, I mean, we call it the Socratic method when we ask people (laughs) questions. Uh, because Socrates was a man of wisdom. I just right. think that's absolutely huge. And that's where my focus is moving forward. All right. No, that's, that's awesome. And yeah, you made a lot of great points with that too. It's interesting because um, when you mentioned, um, you know, uh, President Trump with how he speaks, if you look a lot of the history from, you know, well before he was a president and you watch any of the um, reality shows or just any interviews that he's on, he focuses a lot on what's called M- NLP, MPL. Yes. Neuro- ML- NLP. Yeah, NLP. Neuro- that's it. Neurolinguistic programming. programming. Right. Oh, and yeah. so he speaks a certain way. That's why you see the cadence of him always repeating something three times in a row, says something, says another thing that contrasts it and then comes back to the it first kind thing. Of reverses it. 
Yeah. People and don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and so, those- yeah, no, for sure. And so that's <laughs> the thing. It's he's been doing that forever, but people are now getting more exposed to it since he has such a prominent position. Um, and so, yeah, that's the thing. It's, you know, it's, it, you're not trying to be that self-promotion, but you can see it does take a certain kind of person to take advantage of that type of knowledge that way. Um, you know, Tony Robbins uses the same thing, but if you look at the contrast to how Tony's attitude is and his empathy and what his goals are, he's not about self-promotion in that sense. He He's very confident. He knows what he's doing. He understands it. He knows that he can help somebody, but he's not pompous about it at all. Um, you know, it's quite the contrast, but he uses a lot of the same techniques uh, to, to try to come across with a lot of those um, points that he's trying to make and other things like that. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, and, and to, um, to that point, I mean, and I think we started off the interview this way. I have been so others promotional in my mindset, but I have learned kind of the hard way that, that in order to really promote other people, I need to also promote myself so right. that I can promote other people. That's why you see, you know, logos and branding, <laughs> and, uh, you know, a little bit of that because I see the effect and the impact and how they show up differently, but it's because I showed up differently. Right. No, exactly. And that's actually kind of the point of this. It's not necessarily that I'm trying to be an advertisement platform, but I am trying to help bring awareness to the podcasting culture and the community. And in doing so, um, exposing other podcasters and potential podcasters to other podcasts that are there. I mean, you never know, um, you know, if someone wasn't looking for the type of podcast that you have, they might not have ever stumbled upon your show. Um, So this gives you that um, kind of input and that kind of exposure to a potentially different audience because I'm looking to hit those business people and entrepreneurs and other people that are trying to get into podcasting and use it as that funnel to bring awareness to their brand. Um, and so that's really where that comes. And they might not have seen this and, and you have a perfect avenue and resource for a lot of this stuff. So hopefully once this starts going live and starts picking up, it does bring you people that might not have necessarily stumbled upon you otherwise. Um, but, you know, same thing I said for my first podcaster was all farm related and other stuff there. Um, so you never know how that conversation will go. Someone might hear something and find some interest. Interest. I was listening to some of his shows and, you know, somebody was talking about how to change financial planning and not worry about banks for loans. And so I started talking to him a little about it and it builds a platform for cryptocurrencies. And so now it's all of a sudden, how is farming and cryptocurrency related? Oh, isn't that interesting? You wouldn't have thought these yeah. two things would be anywhere in the same stratosphere. But once you start listening and opening yourself up to things that are outside of your comfort zone, you have no idea what you're going to stumble into. Well, and it almost uh, reminds me of um, something that I'm studying yet again. I've got mentors that are leading a study in uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, Mm -hmm. which is really based on this mastermind concept where you open up and you have an open-ended spirit of harmony with another one or two people. And it kind of creates this other invented entity. Entity that's out there that that gives you all kinds of great solutions, and that's what you're talking about. You're talking about mm-hmm. cars and uh, 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 ca- cars, cows and Bitcoin or <laughs> cryptocurrency, whatever whatever's going on. I mean, about the most opposite things that I could think of in the world, but suddenly they're related because of the um, the, the direction of a of a very interesting conversation. Yep. No, you'll never know where it goes. And cars will eventually be next. I mean, I got to find some way to get my Tesla. So. <laughs> 
so that'll be it. Um, all right, so we're coming close to time here. Um, so I think uh, you and I can continue to uh, speak for probably hours, but I do um, want to be respectful of that Sadly. time. It is, getting, <laughs> it is getting kind of late here. Um, so I do want to kind of wrap up. So if you could um, let everybody know how they can, I know you said it right at the beginning, but let's go ahead and recap again. How can someone find your show? How can they get a hold of you? And um, you know, if anyone's open to... Um, you know, bringing you any help from some of the stuff that you had mentioned that you're looking to try to figure out for your own podcast, um, or just to communicate and say hi and, you know, maybe jump on board with figuring out your platform. How can they reach you and, and kind of move forward with that? Well, sure. Uh, thank you, uh, Wayne. You can go to be the talk.com. That's it. And, Simple. Uh, yeah, that's about it. So all my social stuff is right there and, uh, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, not so much Twitter yet, but uh, you can enjoy some episodes. I've got a whole index in there and there's, there's all, I mean, everything under the, under the sun. I will say my favorite episode, I believe, is the one with Peter Buckland because we're talking about the morality of heavy metal and all, <laughs> uh, from, with a Penn State professor, uh, which is just a lot of fun. So um, maybe I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to really appreciate a, that. I was a child of the eighties. And so we're talking about Metallica and all kinds of fun <laughs> stuff like that. So be the talk, uh, enjoy the podcast folks. So completely unrelated. I want to listen to that episode because this is an interesting experience. So sitting right next to me, I'm going to show you on the video is my electric guitar. There you go. It is Led Zeppelin themed. Yeah. Um, and when I was a young Righteous lad, acts. yes, when yeah. I was a very young lad, my, um, so my uncles were, um, older in the eighties. So like in their early teens, you know, late teens, mid twenties kind of thing. And they were very much same thing, Metallica, blah, blah, blah. So their mom, which was um, one of my aunts, um, always hated them. You know, it's like, Oh, why are you listening to that music? Never thought about it. Right. So then I'm a teenager also into the same kind of things, but I couldn't afford an electric guitar at the time. So I have an acoustic. I'm staying at her house for a week by myself. Um, and she happens to just come in and out and does her own thing. She was just lending me a room and I'm playing one of their songs, but I'm doing it on an acoustic guitar. And so I'm slowing it down. I'm turning it into like more of like a picked out chord thing. And she's like, Oh my God, that song is so beautiful. Did you come up with that with yourself? And I'm like, no, that's this. And I play the CD and it was from master of puppets. And, uh, and she's like, no, that, that horrid song that I've hated since the eighties, that's this thing that you're playing. I'm like, right. If you get rid of the distortion and get rid of your anger of the electricity that's been put into the music and listen to the notes that they're playing, they are brilliant musical geniuses and you know most metal is like if you actually listen to a lot of the words and a lot of the things that they're doing they are technically complex and if you have appreciation for the instrument you can really understand like the the complexity and everything that goes into it so i'm really excited to hear that conversation because well, that's that's exactly like that <laughs> that's what our conversation was is that there was nuance and uh, that it was a protest against nuclear war and meanwhile, our parents are telling us, don't listen to this horrible music. And meanwhile, uh, the real morality is protesting the, the nuclear war that could destroy us all. Right. <laughs> so as a, as a second backup, because you're a music lover, um, I interviewed the co-designer of the number one Beatles album, which is also the number one Rolling Stone voted rock album of all time, episode 63, uh, Jan Howarth. Uh, who co-designed Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Band? Wow! And, and TEDx talk about that, and we went behind that talk. 
All right. That, I'm looking at that on your page right now. So yeah. I'm going to be uh, adding you to my subscribe list for sure. <laughs> um, and that's it, folks. I mean, so uh, this has been a great talk uh, with Nathan. So hopefully you found a lot of this um, information entertaining as well as enlightening. Um, and, you know, again, uh, Nathan said you can hit bethetalk.com and check out all of his information and, you know, hit him up with any questions. If you want to know more about getting into talks with any kind of branded talk, not just necessarily Ted. Um, and then, you know, if you have questions around how he's doing his podcast or any of the podcasting stuff, you can either ask any of us and, you know, we're always here to help. Um, and, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. So other than that, hopefully uh, you have a good night and we'll talk again in the future. Thanks for listening to the Podcasters Podcast. Hopefully this episode inspired you to think about starting your own podcast. The Podcasters Podcast is brought to you by WCR Studios. Head on over to WCRstudios.com for any of your podcast production needs. Check out the Podcasters Podcast Facebook group, as well as hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. Just take a look for the Podcasters Podcast. And we'll catch you on the next episode.